This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Vogue the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, and that means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Now, Coach Dan was just doing a little dance with plushy Slapshot because he's so happy the Caps beat the Kings. My cat is so excited, he decided to take a bath live on camera, so that's nice. (laughs) But, uh, hey, here we go. Let's talk about it. The Capitals had two games since we talked last. Coach Dan, how's it going? How you feeling? I feel like I am feeling the same as I have been for most of this season. In that (laughs) they are just... Yeah. Oh, and that's kind of was like the Carolina game where they was like, oh, they're doing pretty well through 40 minutes. And then it was just uh, the rest of the time. Like it was just complete garbage. And so it is a little bit of a bummer. The sheer fact that the Capitals weren't able to get two points from Carolina. They got two points from the Kings, but um, that's not as big of a deal, I think, because Carolina is at least in the division. So if you're going to win a game, you'd kind of wish it was that one. But two points are two points. I mean, it's the divisional games. It's the conference games that are the ones that you lose. They're going to bite you because at this point, it doesn't look like barring a crazy run, barring trades and like a lot of different things can happen between now and the end of the season that will shape this team both now and going forward. Right. Like if they just tank. Do they fire sale off a couple of, maybe not fire sale, but do they trade off a couple of veteran guys again and try and retool a little bit, both through trades and then again in the offseason through trades and free agency and such? And so, you know, there's a lot of different things that can happen between now and the end of the season or even the trade deadline. But when you're losing games, these four point games against divisional opponents, when you're losing or giving away points to teams that you're probably going to be fighting for a wild card spot, like that's a, that's a problem. That's problematic for a team that you need those points. So not only are you not getting them, but you're literally giving them to another team. I mean, they went one and one with that bad loss to Carolina and they had a good win over LA. And this is a you know pretty good LA team. I think that they were the able best to... road team in the NHL. I, I think, think that's what, yeah, I think that's what I heard is that they're the best road team. Let's look at their stats right now. And so it's the kind Kings... of funny because they're one of the best road teams and the Capitals are one of the worst home teams in the league right now. And so the Caps are 10, 6, 10, 6, and 4 at home. I don't know why I said that correctly, but it sounded wrong. But they are 10, 6, and 4 at home, 9, 7, and 2 on the road, right? So they're basically a 500 team at home. The Kings are 7, and 7, and 5 at home, but they are 13, 3, and 1 on the road. Like, if they're in your rink, they're apparently having their way with you. And that looked like it was potentially going to be the case in D.C., but the Caps were able to pull out a win with that last-minute goal literally but it's another week of they're okay and i kind of feel like we're not used to that as caps fans like if you've been a fan long enough you are used to it but over the last i don't know 10 plus years a little over 10 years 10 15 years maybe they've been really good in the regular season you know they've been really good for the first 82 games and not so much 
right? So we're used to the, you know, fighting for the president's trophy. We're used to them making a run and winning the division. Or they've been really not good and we can see all of the problems. We're not really used to this sort of mediocre kind of middle of the pack looking pretty ugly, negative 23 in goal differential team. So this is something just like as a recent cap, not not saying we are recent Caps fans, but like recently as Caps fans, we're just not used to this. And so it's kind of difficult. And I wonder if part of the issue is that we've got some veteran guys that are that are really at the end of their careers in Alex Ovechkin and TJ Oshie and um, what well, was going to be Nicholas Backstrom. And we've got a couple of young guys that are not quite there yet. Like they're NHL players, they're producing, but they're not at the level they're going to be at. You know, they haven't hit the plateau. They haven't hit their... Uh, prime just yet. And they've got a handful of guys that are kind of in their prime or about to leave their prime. And I'm wondering if the makeup of the roster is just part of that problem. Like they don't have enough prime guys. They don't have enough guys that are in their prime that are scoring goals. And when you're a minus 23 and it's getting worse, because I believe last week we said they were a minus 20. So clearly there's a problem here. Like you need to score more goals. And we know that they've been looking for a top six winger who can score goals for since last season. So like, why has that not happened yet? I'm seeing trades all over the place, you know, and at the deadlines and trades in the off season and somewhat during this regular season, but a little quiet. Like, why is that a problem? And why are they not scoring goals? That's the question I want to know. Why are they not scoring five on five goals? And, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I, I do like to to use uh, DraftKings and I like to just put a dollar, maybe $2 on an anytime goal score. And that that's like my go to bet. And I'm going through the roster and I'm like, I don't know. Like, could this be Nick Dowd's night? Like Nick Dowd seems to be getting a, a couple goals. Unless your name is Dylan Strom, it's kind of like, you know, it, it really is a, a gamble to who was going to be that anytime goal scorer. Because at any point, any of these players could potentially get a goal. But there is definitely not some um, repetitiveness or. Uh, standard on this team of here's who you get the puck to and here's who's going to score your goal. I mean, looking at the stats right now for the team, you got Strom leading the team in goals with 15. Then Tom Wilson with 11. And then get this. Tied with Tom Wilson with 11 goals, Anthony Mantha. Look at that. I mean, the guy's been paired up with Protus and McMichael and it's working out. They've gelled. And so, you know what? Props to him. He's in a contract year. If he wants to keep playing in the league, if he wants to keep playing in D.C., which I still think they're probably not going to offer him a contract. But maybe they will. Maybe Carberry convinces McClellan to be like, look, I like this guy. He's he's only 29. He's got plenty of hockey left in him, but it's going to depend on what he asks for. If he asks for more than he's getting now, I'm going to say see ya. But that also depends on like who I think I get in the offseason. If if they make a trade for a top six winger, then it's easier to move on from him. So like, you know, there's a lot of different things that play there. But going back to the stats, then you got Ovechkin's only got eight. McMichael's got seven. When did McMichael get seven? Look at that. But there's not a ton of goal scores. I mean, Sonny Milano's been out injured, but in 23 games, he's only got four goals. I'd like to see that number be higher. Nick, I mean, he's getting outscored by Nick Dowd, although he's played six more games. But Dowd, and no offense to Nick Dowd, he's a good hockey player. He's just not typically a goal scorer. But he's got six goals. Let me put it this way, actually. Dowd has as many goals as Evgeny Kuznetsov. That is a problem. Yeah, I, I think Nick Dowd, 
is going to be your your trade bait when the trade deadline happens. I think Nick Dowd's got a lot of a lot of teams interested of what he could bring to their team. See, that for me only happens if they feel like they're not making the playoffs and not making a good run. At 33 years old, he turns 34 in May, the end of May. Yeah, I could see them making that move out, knowing they're probably going to be able to sign or bring up a center for the fourth line next year. But Carver really likes that Malinston, uh, Albe Kubel, Dowd line. He might not be as going. He might be like, you know, I don't know about this. And then what can you get for Dowd? So there's a lot of different questions. But this team right now is still, you know, they're very much in the playoff hunt. They're not out of it by any means. I don't know if they can get in, but they're not out of it by any means. And the, the the thing I really do like about Spencer Carberry and what he's doing with this team right now is he is experimenting. He isn't staying stuck in a rut and just staying there. He is making uh, a difference in these lines. And we saw a line that I don't think any of us saw at the beginning of the season of Max Pacioretty, uh, Alex Ovechkin, and Dylan Strome. And it was kind of magical. You know, it kind of worked. I, I would... I would be shocked if we don't see that as a line on Thursday against the Kraken. Oh, yeah. I think we're definitely going to see a combination of Ovechkin, Strom, and Max Pacioretty. I mean, I think we're definitely going to see that. I think Pacioretty is a veteran guy. He knows how to play with other players. And I think it's easy to play with Ovechkin because you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to go. He's a, he's a, he's a goal-scoring power forward. He's going to go through you if he can't go around you. And the reality is defense is focused on him, which opens up space for guys like Dylan Strom and Strom's lighting the lamp. He's going to open up space for Max Pacioretty as he continues to work himself back into game shape. I think it was, I can't remember who was on caps this morning earlier today, but they were talking about how Pacioretty's really in his preseason form right now. It's going to take him. It was uh, Tom Galiti, I believe. This team needs goal scoring. He's goal scoring help now. And I think there is a, I don't want to say albatross because that's kind of harsh, but there is a, a $7.8 million problem currently sitting on this roster. And it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. And not sitting on this uh, roster, sitting on this bench, because this guy, Yevgeny Kuznetsov, was benched against the LA Kings. Him and Henrik's Lapierre both sat during the second period. And uh, that uh, if you're making that kind of money and you are having some issues, that is the last thing you want to see is that much money just sitting on the bench, not doing anything during a game. If you're a team that has salary cap issues and while yes, Backstrom is presently uh, got a ton of cap space, they freed up with him being on long-term injury reserve. They have some cap space to play with, but if you're going to go and you're going to have a contract and given it, the contract was offered to you and you know, we would all accept that amount of money. But when you have the talent that Yevgeny Kuznetsov has and you're not bringing it every night and you're not producing, maybe you just don't fit in the system. Maybe you just don't have the effort or the energy. I don't know what it is, but this is now the second coach in a row that are not able to unlock something from this dude. And it, I, it, while it's easier to get rid of the coach and try and bring someone else in, he is able to get things from other guys. Look at Anthony Mantha who had, you know, almost both feet, most of his body. I think maybe just a little bit of his hair was still in the door. You know, now he's kind of backed in. He's, he's doing quite well. He's tied for second on this team in goals scored. He's presently fifth, tied for fifth on the team in points. I'll take that. Whereas you look at Kuznetsov, he's seventh in goals at six. He's tied with Nick Dowd, who centers the fourth line. They're not expected to score goals. 
And he's played five more games than he has. He's only got 13 points. 13 points in 34 games. For 7.8 million, I want almost a point per game player. He's not even close to that. So if I'm Brian McClellan, I'm shopping him. Because I this is now two coaches in a row that are unable to make this thing work. And maybe he has been and there's no takers. But this is a problem. And if I feel like you're more likely to get, if there's someone on this roster that they're willing to give up to get a goal scorer, it's Evgeny Kuznetsov. But you have to find a team with a coach or a GM that are thinking, I can fix this guy. Or you're going to have to make it worth the other team's while and add a draft pick or a prospect to get a goal scorer. And given that the Hershey Bears are lighting it up in the AHL, I think people are going to want our prospects more than they're going to want Yevgeny Kuznetsov, which really says something. But do you think that uh, Yevgeny Kuznetsov kind of has a little bit of that Alexander Semen fatigue to him, where it's a guy who's got just loads and loads of talent, but seems kind of uh, disinterested in playing every every once in a while and in every couple games. Like Alexander Semen, you'd watch this guy, and if he wasn't fighting or throwing fists, he seemed pretty talented on the ice. And then there he were certain once. days. Yeah, and, and never he played again. the was terrible. But after after you know he he would play a couple games, Alexander Semen would seem disinterested. Like he was just kind of like going through the motions. I kind of feel like we're seeing that again with Yevgeny Kuznetsov. I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily compare the two simply because I think Kuznetsov, I think Semin definitely had more of a goal scoring to him than Kuznetsov does. Like Alexander Semin had a better wrist shot or he was better at scoring goals, I think, than Ovechkin to an extent. You know, maybe his slap shot wasn't as hard, but he had a wicked wrist shot. I mean, he could just whip that thing right into the net. Right? Kuznetsov, I think for whatever reason, people just can't seem to unlock him and get him to where they need him to be. Or maybe it's just a matter of this is his skill set. This is what he's good at. And it doesn't fit with the coach or coaches lately in terms of what they're asking for. And that's just, that happens. Right? Like there's coaches that try and go into certain teams and it doesn't work. There's players that try to, and this is across all of sports. Sometimes it just isn't a good match. Barry Trotz was able to get the best out of Kuznetsov. So far, we haven't really seen that at anybody else. So I, maybe was there, there were some rumors that Nashville might have been interested. And maybe they come around again and there's conversations about him. I don't know, but I feel like Barry this Trotz, is he's what the GM of Nashville now. Yeah. Yeah. So th this I would say th if we're ranking the issues the Caps have right now outside of not scoring goals and their goal differential being garbage. And the fact that when they lose, they go hard. Yevgeny Kuznetsov is right up there with either you need to unlock this dude or you need to move on from him. And I say that I like Kuznetsov. I have a t-shirt with his name on the back. And I got that because I, I, I like how he plays. I think he's very talented. His bobblehead is right blocked. I think you can't see him because I think Bond yeah. blocking him. He's right okay. there. He's doing the bird. He's doing the bird. Like, I'm a, I'm a fan of Yevgeny Kuznetsov, and I'm disappointed that we're not getting more from him. But the reality of sports is it doesn't matter who we're a fan of. You need to produce. And when you are in a salary cap era where you can only spend so much and you're making a ton and you're not producing, you're hurting the team. And you're hurting the ability to move forward and grow and make a run towards the playoffs because you're not producing and they can't bring in someone else. Especially going into the offseason, you have less cap space and less room. 
So if you can't figure out what to do with him and he continually is getting benched, now continually might just be twice recently, but he's getting benched during games and he's, he's a healthy scratch. He's not worth it anymore. So you got to see what you can get from him or for him for that matter. That's my take on Kuznetsov. Like I just, I really want it to work. I was so excited when he finally came over and it's disappointing to see that this is where it might end up. Yeah. I was, I was at the game that he, he had officially signed, but he wasn't playing yet. So it was like his first time in the building. I was at that game and they showed him on the jumbotron and he he was like, he was there to sign his contract. Uh, so it's been fun watching this guy come in with a lot of hype. You know, he, he stayed in Russia if you remember to play with tractor because he wanted to make the Olympic team and then they didn't put him on the Olympic team. And he was like, all right, I'm leaving. And then came this over is- to the U S and, uh, and, and started playing with the caps mid season. So he's always had a lot of hype. He was a drafted guy here, but uh, you know, as, as he got older, maybe he just became a little bit disinterested with the product and moving on could be good for him. Could be good for the capitals. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about what happened at practice on Tuesday as we record Tuesday night in the rain and the wind here in Maryland. But uh, a lot of news came out of uh, out of practice on Tuesday. We had TJ Oshie. TJ Oshie returned to the team. He was actually getting treatments in Minnesota for an upper body injury. I don't think they've ever come out and said what the injury was, right? It's, they're just saying it was upper body, I believe. And... Yeah. Um, Please then we also yeah. have, yeah. And then, so that, that could be anything. That could be a muscle thing. It could be an arm thing. could be a concussion. They're not really saying. Uh, we had Ovechkin, Tom Wilson, and Rasmus Sandin all not practice. And Coach Dan, have you seen Tom Wilson? Did you see him today on some of the Instagram posts? If this guy didn't look like a hockey player before, he definitely looks like one now. I saw him after the game where he had both, I don't know how he's breathing. He had both <laughs> nostrils covered. He had nice little blood all, I mean, he... He took a few shots to his face. That he did. That's what it looks like. So, yeah, it looks like Oshi has the possibility of playing against Seattle on Thursday. I'm looking at a, a tweet from Stephen Wino, and he said that Carberry says TJ Oshi could play as soon as Thursday against Seattle. Milano, he could shed his no-contact jersey as soon as tomorrow, that being Wednesday. And he expects Tom Wilson and Ovechkin to practice tomorrow. They both did not skate today. So they were just Tuesday. maintenance days. Yeah, well, Kuznetsov, I'm not Kuznetsov, I think Ovechkin has something going on because he missed practice the other day as well and was like sort of a game-time decision against L.A. And it looks like Lindgren could be back soon, although they also sent down Hunter Shepard, so I imagine he's back at practice tomorrow. Yeah, and we know if, if Lindgren's going to be activated, that means he's either playing Saturday or Sunday. Well, yeah, I would imagine they're going to give him a game if he's feeling up for it. Especially, you know, what do we have a back to back? So yeah, I would imagine yeah. he's gonna he's gonna. It's a home and home against gonna, the Rangers. Oh, it's a, oh, oh, that's great! Thanks, NHL. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, Ovechkin he got tangled up in the Carolina game. I was actually kind of surprised he played the LA game, but I'm glad he did. Uh, he still looked good on Sunday, but yeah, I think this was just a maintenance day. Tom Wilson, you know, his, his face is all kinds of busted up and, uh, 
congrats to him. We should say he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a dad soon. So congrats to Tom Wilson. Announced him and his uh, wife are expecting. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Rasmus Sandin with Sonny Milano. We don't know what's going on with them. Um, I I don't know if you remember, but in the the lockout year the, during the shortened season, there was an away and away against Winnipeg. They went against the Jets twice in Winnipeg back to back nights, and that is what everyone accredited this team for finding their game and turning things around in the lockout year, whatever it was about that Winnipeg series, they finally felt like they were a team. Now that we've found some magic with uh, Max Pacioretty, Ovechkin and Strom on the top line, we're still figuring out what we're going on with Kuznetsov. This weekend really could be that find your game uh, type of weekend with a, a home and home, a back to back, against the New York Rangers. They're one of the best teams in the Metro. They're they're almost running away with the Metro at this point. If the Capitals could get something going against a team at that level, that really could be a confidence booster. It really could be the magic that this team needs. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that this weekend could be a make-or-break weekend for this team moving forward. Like, if they lose both of these games coming up Saturday, Sunday – that might be the season, and it's kind of crazy to say that in January, but they may be just as good as they're going to get if they don't come out and play really well against this Rangers team. I mean, they definitely, if you were able to get two wins against the Rangers, that would be, I mean, that's obviously best case scenario. That's amazing. If you can get one out of the two, or if you can get three out of the four possible points, that's great. But it's, in my opinion, it goes beyond just this weekend like they lose both these games yeah they're further back but they're already so far behind the rangers like they're not winning the division barring anything crazy happening right you know carolina had a bad you know sort of a rough start to the season they've kind of woken up it's really it's going to be between the rangers and the hurricanes it seems to be for the division it's the other teams it's the islanders it's the flyers the devils the penguins that you're really fighting for for a better spot so really the what the capitals need to focus on right now is themselves and improving their five-on-five goal scoring, improving their defensive play, and improving their effort in a 60-minute game. Heck, at this point, I'll take 40 minutes of of solid effort and 20 minutes of, like, you know, that's good enough. (laughs) Because at that point, that's going to get you more wins and better defense. But they are one goal away from being tied with – one goal against, I should say, being tied with Columbus for the worst goal differential – the worst goal differential in the division. And they're, whoa, they're not Chicago bad at a minus 57. Wow, San Jose's a minus 84. That's impressive. But now that I'm looking at this, they have the least amount of goals in the division. They've only scored 94. They've also only given up 117, which is, what, fourth best in the division. So they're, you know, defensively, they're doing okay. But if they could score some more freaking goals, they'd be much better off. I would love to see this team make a trade and I, you know, duh. But like, I would love to see this team make a trade for a goal scorer. And to some extent, it matters what you give up. But if they really want to make something of this season, you need to bring in a guy who can put the puck in the net. That's the biggest thing for me. And the sooner they do it, the better try and get something out of this season. Time is a ticking. Coach Dan, anything else we should talk about here in Caps World? They're third worst 
in the entirety that is the NHL in scoring goals at 94. Only Chicago has also scored 94. That's probably going to go down now that Bedard is injured. He's out with a fractured jaw. San Jose has only scored 80. This is not good. This is a team that is used to scoring goals for fun. Now they can't even do it when they want to. I don't know. This is... It's getting ugly here in D.C. Now, there's, I mean, there's some other stuff going on. We got uh, some notes from Caps PR. With Carlson's goal against L.A., he has now tied Sergei Gonchar with 144 goals for the second most goals by a defenseman in Capitals history. He only trails Kevin Hatcher, who had 149 goals. So it's possible this season we see Carlson become the number one goal-scoring defenseman for the Washington Capitals. That would be a pretty cool stat for him to have. It also, that goal was the 28th career game-winning goal for John Carlson, which ranks first among defensemen in Capitals franchise history. John Carlson, one, one, in, uh, one in a million there. Captain America. You know what? We're uh, we're, we're going to talk about the World Juniors coming up, but uh, during the gold medal game, they actually showed John Carlson's gold-winning goal when he was with the uh, the World Juniors for Team Which USA. feels like decades ago at this point. Wa- watching the footage, dude, I was like, when did they shoot this? 1984? Like, that's how old <laughs> it, it looked. It was, it was four by three. It was like, you mm. know, it looked like a recording of a recording. Definitely wasn't in HD. It was a little wild. I mean that that yeah I think I think right now my phone can probably do better than that. <laughs> All right, well that's it for what's going on in Caps World. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to go down on the farm. everybody here we go we're going down on the farm we are talking about the hershey bears and south carolina stingrays coach dan tell us what's going on because the snow over the weekend deterred me and we did not my lady and i did not get to go to hershey for the saturday night halfway to summer game due to all the snow and and everything going on in, in hershey so we missed that game so catch us up what's going on down on the farm uh, let's start in Chocolate Town as Hershey went one and one in the past week with a win over Lehigh Valley. The Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division with 58 points, 16 up on second place Providence. They're also first in the AHL, 11 up on second place Cleveland. Now, that win we were talking about over Lehigh Valley, that was during their annual teddy bear toss night, and Bogdan Trinayev's. Trinius goal four minutes into the second period brought down the bears and other stuffed animals. I imagine. And there were many of them. The team set a new franchise record with 74,599 breaking last year's record of 67,309. Who forgot to bring one bear? Yeah, right. One more. I do have an interesting question though. So, or, or statistic that I noticed, or stat, or I did some math. Now, the Giants Center has 10,500 seats. If I did my math right, that's almost 7.5 bears per person that were thrown onto the ice. Like, how are you getting all of that into the rink? <laughs> like, everybody coming in, look like they're, like, smuggling in another human? 
under their shirt, and it's like they do scores a goal, and you're just like, oh, and you're just like throwing and chucking them, and just like it's I don't understand it. It's crazy. Now, after Some of the them players are, are are bringing giant like squishmallows, like the size of a beanbag chair. I saw some of those. You do that on this. I don't know. Like you're uh, the goal because after the players were all diving onto the massive piles of stuffed animals, they all get donated to local charity. So, like, why would you bring one big stupid one? That's gonna be hard for anybody to donate. You should see the video of Vincent Iorio wrestling. The one teddy bear that was the size of him. It was like literally a six foot tall teddy Did bear. Did he give it a rock bottom? <laughs> I think rock bottom, like, a pile driver. He did all that. The Bears will be back at it on Saturday in Lehigh Valley before heading to Bridgeport on Monday. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went one and two with a win over Atlanta. Stingrays have fallen to third in the South Division with 38 points, two back of second place Orlando, and nine back of first place Greenville. They'll be back at it on Friday in Jacksonville before hosting Orlando on Saturday and Jacksonville on Sunday at the North Charleston Coliseum. In prospects news, massive congratulations to the Ryans, Team Ryan, both Leonard and Chesley, for helping Team USA win gold at the World Juniors. The U.S. beat host Sweden 6-2 in the gold medal game. Chesley earned a bronze medal last year, so this is actually his second time achieving a medal with Team USA. Now, Ryan Leonard got the insurance goal for Team USA and allegedly blew a kiss at the Sweden fans in attendance. I say allegedly, he blew the kiss. I read that it was to the U.S. fans. Other people are saying it was to the Sweden or Swedish fans. What have you seen? I mean, seen? if you got the insurance goal, I thought he was giving a, a goodbye kiss to Team Sweden because it was obvious they weren't going to win the gold. So that's what I took it as, and uh, the guy, the kid, man, this kid, Ryan Leonard, dude, he reminds me of Tom Wilson. I'm getting some major Tom Wilson vibes from this kid. Watching him all tournament, the dude has a great game. I think we're gonna see him sooner rather than later here with the Capitals. Uh, yeah, this this kid's gonna gonna definitely bring some uh, some fire with him, and uh, this this gold medal is only gonna help his confidence. But yeah, I, I think he was he was being you know blown a kiss to the Sweden fans and and I love the chirps I do. I mean, I was reading earlier he had an uh, I guess there was an article Sammy Silver of the Hockey News put out where she was talking about his tournament and how he was a bit of a pest throughout and like I definitely see the comparisons to Tom Wilson. I think that's been a part of the conversations about him since he was drafted, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'd like for him to kind of not go down the same path of getting all the negativity at the beginning because he doesn't know how to check correctly. And Tom Wilson hitting people in the head and such like he shouldn't have been and getting all the suspensions. Like, I want him to come in and be a power forward who can score goals. That's what this team needs. And it seems like that's kind of his game. And so I don't think he's going to be coming to, to the Caps necessarily this season. Part of the article was talking about how he's having a great time in college and wants to keep it up. And, it's you know, that's once in a lifetime opportunity to play in college. And so... I think it might be a little bit before he's coming up and playing with the Bears or playing with the Caps, but who knows? Maybe he'll change his mind. Very cool. But, uh, yeah, that's what's going on down on the farm. All right, go Bears, go Stingrays, and congrats to the Ryans. Congrats, Team USA, on the gold. We're going to take another break, and then we'll be going around the NHL and beyond.
everybody here we go we're going around the nhl and beyond lots of stuff is happening in the nhl the pwhl we're going to talk about the world juniors as well so coach dan catch us up what's going on around the nhl and beyond well, let's start in Toronto, where the Maple Leafs locked up William Nylander to an eight-year, $92 million deal. That cap, it comes out to $11.5 million. St. Louis signed former Capital great Nathan Walker to a two-year, $1.55 million extension cap. It comes out to $775,000. Do you remember we used to talk about the Nathan Walker bobblehead? Or uh, not bobblehead, the, um, the snow globe. Thank you, Snow Globe. I actually have one. You can not see it from where uh, this camera is stationed. Sorry. I thought I had it somewhere else. So, yeah. But, no, I finally found eBay for a decent price. So, I was very excited to get that. It's very cool up in my nice. home office here. Philadelphia sent 2022 fifth-round pick Cutter Gauthier to Anaheim for defenseman Jamie Drysdale and a 2025 second-round pick. Now, this is an interesting story as uh, going on with this trade is Gauthier. Apparently at – I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but I'm going with it. He is currently at Boston College. He uh, has been telling the Flyers that he's not going to sign with them. And he actually forced their hand in a trade. Apparently, he just completely stopped talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> he goes like when them? they when they, Apparently, like when they drafted him, he, uh, this is according to Danny Briere, the GM of the, of the Flyers, that he was all stoked. He was like, yeah, I'm going to be a Flyer. I love it. I'm, I'm excited to come to Philly. Like, it's going to be great. And then it was just like, never mind. And so the Flyers were super quiet about it. He was super quiet about it. And they were able to find a trade partner with Anaheim. And uh, Anaheim has apparently got a ton of defensive prospects. And so they were willing to give up one of them to get this kid who is apparently tearing it up at BC this season. So that is something to keep an eye on going forward. But I imagine when he makes it to the NHL, his first game in Philly, it's going to be a little awkward. Now, like we mentioned earlier in Down on the Farm, the World Juniors Tournament is officially over and was won by USA. That's right. Silver was awarded to Sweden, and the bronze went to the Czech Republic as they beat Finland 8-5 to in a fantastic back-and-forth game. This game, dude, I, 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 you probably didn't see it because it was like Friday at like 9 a.m., but the How's Czech Republic... Yeah, the Czech Republic, I was too, but I still had it on. Uh, the Czech Republic <laughs> and Finland game uh, was back and forth, back and forth. It didn't look like the Czechs were going to do anything. I think leading into the third, they were it was like five to two. And then the final score is now eight to five. The Czechs just turned it on. They never stopped. They got a couple, a couple empty netters. There was a lot of bad blood. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens moving forward at like the World Championship and uh, the next kind of tournaments because the Czechs and the Finns, there seems to be some bad blood in between those two teams, and uh, Finland was not happy with that ending. They really, really were not happy with the Czech Republic going after the bronze. But all in all, IIHF, got to give it up to you. The World Junior Tournament was a great tournament to watch. I really enjoyed it, uh, watching it after Christmas and into the new year. Uh, kudos to you guys, and again, congrats to Team USA. Yes, congratulations to them. We'll wrap up with some PWHL news as Minnesota made history on Saturday with the largest crowd for a professional women's hockey game with 13,316 fans at the XL Energy Center. The previous record was set just five days earlier by the Montreal versus Ottawa PWHL game. That's the news from the past week in the NHL and beyond. 
I love uh, I love seeing these records being broken. The only way uh, this new league is going to be successful is with the fan support, and it's a good idea for everyone to go out and uh, support the uh, professional women's hockey games. And if you get a chance to go to any of these uh, any of these games, definitely go do it. The PWHL is doing something really special right now. Well, Coach Dan, is that the show? I think that's it, buddy. All right, everybody, if you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. Just check us out over on X. You can follow me uh, at Brando Cash and Coach Dan. Where can people follow you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals-related hockey, talking about Arsenal Football Club. It's still in that bad run of form. Need a striker, but we're probably not going to get one. This is great. It's going great, everybody. On there talking about the Bills, AFC East. East? North? You're the North. We're the East. I'm tired. Yes. <laughs> AFC North champs with that win over Miami. Would have been a bigger win if Josh Allen in the first half remembered that he's supposed to throw to the guys wearing the blue jerseys. Yeah. Not the guys wearing Miami ones. Not such a great first half for him, but he's doing better. We got the Steelers this weekend. But also prediction? on there. To, ooh, I don't make you know better than that. I don't make predictions because they usually end up being wrong. And then now uh, we got the commander season came to an end. Ron Rivera is out, but I have a lot of respect for him in terms of what he was able to do, especially under Dan Snyder, though, what he was able to do in the building, not necessarily on the field. But there's some uh, possible news coming out soon about the commanders and who they're going to have be now their new director of football operations. Looks like they're chatting it up pretty good with the dude out in San Francisco, who's their assistant GM and is apparently highly thought of in the NFL. So we'll see what's going on there. But that's finding me on Twitter at WTP coach. Dan. but Hey, if you have enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the puck pod. It's where we'll post when new shows are coming out as well as all sorts of other things related to the Washington capitals, the Hershey bears, South Carolina stick race, the Hershey Cubs. I saw this sweatshirt. But it didn't have a hood. And sweatshirts without hoods are dumb. But I yeah. like the look of it. And so I'm like, where can I buy that? So if someone could find me this sweatshirt. For the Cubs? For who? For the Cubs. For the Hershey okay. Cubs. Yeah, I was like that. I like it. I would definitely rock that thing. But I also post stuff on Facebook.com slash what the puck pod about the NHL. So check us out there. But Brandon, I was talking about the playoff bound bills and the golf course bound commanders. But if, hey, if someone happens to be a fan of a certain purple clad team based out of Baltimore that I believe is not playing this weekend, is there a podcast they should check out? So you can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. While the Ravens do have a bye week this week because they are number one in the AFC, me and my buddy Josh, we are Mr. No Days Off, and we will be bringing you two podcasts this week, previewing the wild card weekend as well as uh, remembering that rainy Steelers-Ravens game from this past weekend. So make sure you check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Like Coach Dan said, you can follow us on Facebook. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out Brando Cash Pods over on YouTube. You can watch shorts and reels from this show as well as the call as well. You can see Coach Dan and, and my faces as we talk about the caps, if that's what you would prefer. <laughs> Uh, make sure you write us an Apple podcast review. You can rate us over on Spotify and say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to what the puck and you should too. We are proud members of the fan first sports network. So big thanks to the fans first sports network for featuring us as well. 
let's go over the games until we talk again. So the, the Capitals have had three days off this week. Well, I hope they enjoyed it because they don't get that again until the end of the month. This next week until we talk again is going to be a busy one. Uh, on Thursday, January 11th, the Capitals welcome the Seattle Kraken to town. That game is at 7 o'clock, and you can watch that one on the Monumental Sports Network. On Saturday, January 13th, the Capitals are still at home. They welcome the Rangers to town. That is a 1 o'clock in the afternoon game. You can watch that one on broadcast television, ABC or ESPN+. Plus. On Sunday, January 14th, it's a home-and-home. Home. The Caps travel up to MSG, up to Madison Square Garden in New York City, the center of the universe, up against the Rangers. That is a 1 o'clock game. You can watch that one on the NHL Network or Monumental Sports Network. And the Capitals have one day off, head back to D.C., and welcome the Anaheim Ducks to town. 7 o'clock start for that one on Tuesday the 16th. And you can watch that one locally on the Monumental Sports Network. All right, Dan, we got a back-to-back. Who's who's in net on the 13th and 14th? Do we have Kemper? Do we have Lindgren? Do we welcome Hunter Shepard back to town? I'm stretching it out to make these predictions, everybody. Slapshot's going to stretch it out as well. I got to get that arm up. See, I say it depends on Lindgren, right? Like, if he's back, I would almost play him. Kemper at home, lingered on the road. Lingered on the road. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's been a little bit more stable. This not health wise, but a little bit more stable in net than Kemper. I'd probably play him in New York. I want to say that was his. Didn't didn't he play against New York in Madison Square Garden earlier this year, and that was like his best game of the season. I feel like that's that's what I I feel like that's what happened. I don't know. Lots happened right. since then. Yes, that's true. Well, that is it for what's going on in Caps World and here on What the Puck. Thank you all for listening. Everybody, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.